0: This is The Coacharium, where coaches go to grow. Coacharium, like a terrarium for coaches. It's the pocket-sized podcast for leaders who coach to gain skills and confidence. Welcome to The Coacharium.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Coacharium. We started this podcast in early 2022 to reflect your needs in life and in the workplace to help you become more self-aware, to bring coaching into your leadership style, and to help you open your mind to new ways of thinking. If you haven't listened before, we are Dana, Gary, and Wendy, and this is the smallest podcast spread over the longest distance, over 5,000 miles from right here in San Diego, via Dallas to London, England. We're all coaches, but we've also all been leaders in the corporate world. It's why we talk about real-life concepts and ideas that you can put into practice right away. If we're talking about it, we're probably also using it ourselves. So before we get into today's topic, uh, I'd like to ask Gary, what is something that we might not know about you?
0: I'm pretty sure you don't know, but I don't think I've ever talked about this with, with you guys. So when I was first at university, I joined my university ultimate Frisbee team. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think we competed in the UK Student National Ultimate Frisbee Championship. Um, and I did develop the skill of throwing a Frisbee an extraordinarily long way in a, a myriad of different ways that because when I was growing up and you threw a Frisbee sort of underarm the way everyone normally throws a Frisbee, and there's about, I don't know, six or seven different ways to throw a Frisbee. I, I haven't thrown a Frisbee for many, many years. Um, but I'm still very good at skimming stones on water, which is kind of the same action. Um, and it all plays back to to playing Ultimate Frisbee, which now is a huge thing, I think, particularly in the States. Um, but it was in the early days when I was I was young.
1: It is very popular in the US. My kids have played. I will admit, I don't think I've ever played. I don't know that I really even know how to play.
2: <laughs> how about you, Dana? I have not played, but I do see... I hear about it a lot but I have not played so Gary how long has it been since you've played has it been since college or yeah
0: I think the last time I played was in the 20th century put it that way (laughs) it's a way back Um, it's a cross between American football and netball mixed teams non-contact and no referee and that makes a really interesting game because because there's no referee um there's no point arguing with people on the other side of on the other team because you have to ultimately agree every time there's a there's a discrepancy um so it it creates a really interesting dynamic in the way the sport is played actually
1: wow well that's That's cool. cool i love learning all of these little things about each other so thank you gary for for being open with us in uh in each cocharium episode, we bring to life a particular question that you might be grappling with. And today we're talking about a topic that seems to be everywhere. People are talking about this notion of quiet quitting. So Dana, why don't you give us your take on this?
2: Yes. So this came about well, probably about three weeks ago. Um I started hearing about it and I know it started off on TikTok as a big thing. So I started doing some research and I kind of call this how quiet, quietly quitting became loud in the workplace. And and the whole thing about quietly quitting is that it means different things to different people. And it's not, it's not new. It's just a new name. We just have a name for it. And what it basically is, is people giving themselves permission to close their laptop at 5 p.m., um, staying, you know, attuned to their assigned task, um, having more time with family. And I think one of the things that I realized in my research is that it really is a a whole thing around people want to design their work around their lives instead instead of how we design our lives around our work. And I think it's a mind shift. I think it also has to do with a wonderful um, new thing that I just read. It's called a new kind of diversity and it's talking about generational diversity. And when we look at quietly quitting, I think it means something different to each generation. And we actually have four generations right now in the workplace. We have the baby boomers who were born 1946 to 1964 76 million of them out there Um, they were taught to compete and win from their parents who were children before the second world war so they're kind of in this got to be at work all day long in order to win and we got to just be there all the time and then we have the generation x those were the ones born 1965 to 1980 we call them the baby busters because they're the smallest generation Their whole philosophy is work hard and you will succeed. So they had to fight hard to win because uh, the baby boomers were ahead of them in the workplace. And they were very competitive. And so there was all this going on. Well, then along comes the millennials. And that's uh, the ones born 1981 to 1995. 80 million strong. So it's the biggest generation right now in the workplace. They are used to digital customization and they feel like life is just full of choices. So they've got all kinds of choices um, that they're looking at in in the workplace. And then we have Generation Z, which is born 1996 to 2010. And they believe this particular generation needs a little bit of empathy from their leader. They've gone through three economic downturns. And as they're entering this workforce, the idea of quiet quitting has gained traction with them mostly. Um, because of burnout and never-ending demands and so they're just approaching work a little bit differently so I approach this right now if you're a leader and you've got people on your team that are quietly quitting there might be things um, that you might want to think about as a leader and I would think the first thing I'd want to know is everything I can about my employee I'd want to know their unique talents from Clifton strengths. I would want to understand where they're coming from kind of understand what generation they're in so that I can help guide them and then be able to help answer questions and know about their family and know about their needs. I think sometimes we just assume. And then what happens, especially with these, the Gen Zers is they're afraid to speak up. And so they won't speak up. That's why they're calling it quietly quitting. So when I started looking at the generations and looking what was going on, I thought the best thing as a leader is to understand their strengths, understand their well being. How are they, you know, there might, especially coming out of a pandemic, there could be a lot going on in their home life, family life. And I find with these, um, the millennials and Gen Z and Gen X, they will be pretty open with you, especially Gen Z um, and millennials. They like, they're very open about talking about their family. Um, whereas I think the baby boomers and the Generation X, it kept that pretty guarded, and so I think being able to understand that from each generation. So now, as a leader, when I'm looking at my people, I'm going to look at them in the generational uh, viewpoint that they might have and how they were raised and what they are coming up with. This latest generation, I think they're calling it alpha. It, the the one, they're six. The ones that are six right now have had a third of their life with a mask on. So they're gonna be growing up and being a whole different generation in the workforce. And the best workforce is gonna be a combination of all of these people, not just one generation. And so it's understanding, yes, Generation Z is probably talking about quietly quitting a lot right now, but I think the other generations have been doing it, they've been doing it in a different way. So Gary and Wendy, when I speak to the generations and talk about quietly quitting, what is resonating with you right now? What is on your mind as I speak through this?
0: word that you used that really resonated was when you said, we assume, as leaders, yeah. we assume. And there's a lovely phrase somewhere in the strength methodology, which is like pebbles on a beach, we're all unique. And yet we're trained, kind of used to assuming that other people are like us and they think like us and they want what we want. And you think of so many senior leaders are from baby boomers and, and, and from Gen X, because that's where, where they are in the in the cycle, and when you look at the proportion, not only you're talking about the proportion of people in the whole workforce, if you then split out and say, of new joiners into an organization, which generation are they from? And they're all, you know, almost all from, you know, Gen Z now, um, it's, I find it difficult as a sort of mid Gen X person to really empathize with somebody in Gen Z, I understand you know, the things you're describing, but to empathize with them, I find difficult. Um, And therefore I keep catching myself, assuming that people would want to do what I do. And as you describe, Mm. Gen X, well, you don't like to share about your home life. And so I, as a leader, I tend not to ask people much about their home life because I think, well, for me, I necessarily want to, to share that. And so I really like that idea that you're bringing through of really think about what that person needs or wants and have a conversation with them um and not, don't assume that they want what you might want if you're in their uh, in their shoes because the generational shifts are so significant didn't that came across really really nicely
1: yeah yeah i i think one of the biggest things that has helped me have more empathy because gary i'm with you in gen x and is is parenting uh, young adults in you know within the workforce that are either gen z or late millennial and and really seeing what their motivations are right so you look at this whole notion of quiet quitting and if we can Forget the title of it. Like, you know, Dana said, it's not new, but forget the phrasing quitting. I think especially baby boomers and Gen X, we, this notion of quitting, right? We've, we were raised that you don't Mm -hmm. quit anything. You continue. It doesn't matter if you hate ballet classes. Oh, sorry. That might've just been me. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, you... The notion of quitting feels uncomfortable to us, but if we dig a little under the hood and look at what is motivating this, this behavior, right? What is motivating even the title? Then I think we can learn a ton more about what's going on and be really open to meeting their needs, right? Which is at the end of the day, what we're trying to do here as, as leaders help meet their needs so that everyone can be at their best together. But yeah.
0: Something that I think really comes across to me in quiet quitting is something slightly positive, actually, the idea that people are choosing to switch off and properly switch off so that they can have a better work-life balance and so they can be more in their best self and and, and look after their well-being. The same behavior in the past might have been um, referred to as work to rule. So I'm in a negative spiral and I'm going to choose to say if my contract says I finish at five o'clock, I finish at five o'clock on the dot. And it's more a sort of rebellious thing to do almost in the organization. I like now that it's more appreciated that it's okay to switch off because it makes you a better in a better place uh, and it makes you more engaged and more, more able to do a, a great, you know, a great job when you are in in, in the workplace.
2: Yeah, And I would, I would encourage you guys to get, um, it, I don't know if it's come out yet, but there's a new book by Tim Elmore called A New Kind of Diversity. And it's about the generations in the workplace. And you can actually, he has an assessment you can take and you can see what generation, as you were talking about, Gary, how you approach it from your generation and, and knowing, you know, we all have to look at it from different generations, but we just kind of, that's all we knew because for the longest time, it was just boomers and, and uh gen x in the workplace and now we've got the millennials and now we've got the gen z so we've got four generations in some places they still have some eight-year-olds we do have some some five generations but it's i think that is another perspective i, I took it in and, and i came out a little bit between gen x and and um and millennial on it when i looked at it when i did it so it helped me and i think it's because i'm around a lot of millennials all the time but um but i would encourage people to do that as well
1: yeah. Thank you so much, Dana, for bringing this topic to the co today. We hope that you've enjoyed these conversations as much as we are. See if there's something from today's topic that you can put into practice right away. Do find and follow us on LinkedIn, engage with our posts there and on other social media platforms. Of course, we'd love it if you follow us and send us a like on social channels to keep in touch with new content as, as it drops. Tell your friends about the Coacherium and listen in next time. Gary and Dana, thank you.
0: Great to see you, Wendy. Good to see you, Dana. Bye. This has been another episode of the Coacherium. Follow, like, and subscribe to our content to receive updates on future episodes. Join us again soon in the Coacherium.